So um, this is this is a, a a day when football is that's what everybody lives for. If they're a football player, this day that's what they little kids are dreaming about, you know. Um, so this is the day, and sometimes it's a good day, good good game, and. Most of the time when I was growing up, the Broncos would get to the Super Bowl and just embarrass you. You just wanted to just <laughs> crawl under the couch. You know, it's like, it <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll just admit, my emotions were way too tied to that uh, stuff. So thank goodness the Broncos aren't in the Super Bowl today, so I don't have to have that potential. <laughs> so we can just kind of have fun. And I, we just encourage everybody, it's not, it's not about... We're going to be showing the game. It's kind of an excuse to get together. You know what? Sometimes when, when we have a social thing, you know, we'll have a dinner and stuff, but, but it ends up, you know, everybody kind of goes home after 45 minutes or an hour or so, but we're going to stay till the end of the game, fellowshipping. So, so it'll, and, and the, yeah, yesterday was the last day of our fast, and, and uh, man, I've just been so blessed. Have you? You know, part of my blessing has been I've, I've been attacked. Anybody been attacked? <laughs> you know, what the, the fun thing about an attack is you get to win. You know, if you're never attacked, it's like, well, what's victory like? <laughs> I want to have some victory here. <laughs> and actually, the scripture says if, if you're not having some problems, maybe, you know, check <laughs> what your faith is like, how much you're believing, because you will be attacked if you're, if you're believing. And that's not a bad thing. No, because we get to exercise our weapons and we get to win. Amen. So we should be encouraged, and I am, and you know what, it, part of a fast is an intentional attack. <laughs> I'm just going to make sure my flesh gets beat up a little bit, just to make sure that I'm, I'm exercising some things. Yeah. And man, I, I'm excited about what God's doing in me. You know, um, so many times when we are being challenged with something, uh, and I, we were talking with some some friends of ours that that we're going through a similar thing we were going through with our family several years ago. What was that? Twenty, more than twenty years ago, maybe twenty-five years ago. Um, anyway, around twenty years, and uh, they were ministers, and we were talking with them, and I, and I started to say, you know, you start to say something, and everybody you know, goes different directions and whatnot. But, but you know, the biggest thing I've learned, even in our family times that we've had, is how I need to change. If there's an issue in my life, the best thing I can do is work on me. And, and, and that's the answer. Because if we start trying to fix something, we're doing it in our own strength. But when we start saying, God, show me what I need to do. Show me how I need to grow. And uh, so, praise God. So, today's the Super Bowl. And the day after tomorrow is the Super Super Bowl. All right? This is the celebration of love. So, so I want to kind of connect these to some degree. Do you think there's, there's a possibility of, of <laughs> connecting the Super Bowl with the Super Super Bowl? Um, uh, so what happens uh, with, with sports? And so I'm going to look at it, and uh, I really believe God has a word for us to get from this today. So let me not be too silly. And let's just, let's just welcome the Holy Spirit right now. And as we do, let's let it be an uplifting thing. Can we just really allow, I, I, I encourage you when, when the word is, is 
being presented, uh, God, there's an opportunity just in the receiving of the word for there to be a receiving of the anointing that comes with that word. If there's something going on in our life, let's get ready to, to let the Holy Spirit just minister to us. Because we're going to have some more time when, when, when we can, you know, speak to some things specifically or whatnot. But let's, let's get in that atmosphere right now. We already have, you know, singing songs about him in the name of Jesus and whatnot. But let's just get ready for this as we get into the word. Let's don't uh, go into sleep mode. Let's go into awake, receive mode. Amen. So we do that today, Lord God. We're just so grateful for, for this life that you've given us, Lord God. And no matter what's coming at us in this life, that, that we're victorious all the time. You always cause us to triumph in Christ. And not only do you cause us to triumph, but you, you make it to where the triumph that we experience in you causes us to smell like you. <laughs> so that wherever we go, uh, people are smelling where we've been in your presence, Lord God. And Lord, we desire that. We desire to be affected by the greatness of you today, your wisdom, your understanding, and your transforming power in our life. We insist today to not be unaffected, to not be unaffected, but to be greatly affected by our encounter with you today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So what happens for, for all these football players? And um, uh, you, you probably wouldn't want to go in the locker room when some of this stuff is being said because a, a big part of, of getting to the Super Bowl is stepping, smashing, crushing, defeating your opponents all the way to there. Your victory is dependent upon somebody else's defeat and your intent on that. You will say things like, let's go out and crush them. I don't know, I'm just imagining that that's what happens. But <laughs> you're you're all, all about winning. In fact, it's not just in sports, but it's in other things. It's to, to win, you're gonna have to make sure somebody else doesn't. Is that true? Now, you know, some of the marketing things, you're going to provide something that's going to help somebody enhance their life. But your competition, you're wanting to beat your competition. You're wanting to, you're wanting to overcome. So your success is, is dependent upon the defeat of something else. Right? And so what, what you're doing is, is you're going out there, and, and it'll happen today. Guys are going to go out there, and they're, they're going to throw their bodies around. They're going to run into each other. It's going to be a massive laying down of their life to make sure that somebody else's life is, is laid down and, and defeated, right? <laughs> so I want to call this today uh, uh, laid down, okay? And if you'll follow me on this, I think, I think we can really get some good stuff because... Um, the key to the way the world does stuff is they, they win by putting other things down. But it's inverted in the kingdom. Okay. So let's go to uh, John 15. I'm just going to read a few things that Jesus said about this. Um, and, and I believe it goes directly to, to our fasting time and the Super Super Bowl in two days. 
what it's really all about. Because um, so much about, even, even in, in love, in the world, uh, man, you, you're just seeing so much of this now. I love somebody. And usually what that, what's, what's being said is I like how I am gratified when I get around this person. It's usually something about me. How my life is being enhanced. How I insist on gratifying my desires and this person will fit into that gratification somehow. Right? Um, so let's look at, at John 15, 12. <clears throat> and Jesus said, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. And there is no greater love than to do what? Lay down one's life for one's friends. And I don't know about you, but when I've read that before, I always think, well, sheesh, I'm going to have to work on getting up the courage to, you know, run out in front of a car to save somebody or, you know, go and catch a bullet for them. And, and He's saying this before he went to the cross, isn't he? So the way, what he's talking about when he's talking about laying down his life, he's not necessarily saying, I'm going to, you know, give up the ghost here for you. But there's something about my life that's going to have to be laid down if I'm going to love like Jesus loved. So Jesus started laying down his life way before he got to the cross. In fact, his whole walk on this earth was a laying down walk. <laughs> it was, he was laying down. What was he laying down? His druthers? What he would rather be doing. You know, we, there was a reading, and, and I referred to this recently, but there was a reading we had from Matthew about how, how John had gotten, you know, beheaded. And, um, and Jesus was mourning that a big way. His flesh is saying, I, I just want to get away with my father and be comforted with my father. I want to mourn my cousin. And right when that happens, people show up, right? Yeah. All these people show up. What, what did Jesus do in that time? And it was critical that he did it. He laid, it, he laid himself down. He said, it's not about me. He was actually, that, that was a demonstration of Jesus' love. Was not saying, get away from me. <laughs> I'm wanting to have my alone time. <laughs> and, and here we'll see these two examples. It's amazing what happened every time Jesus demonstrated laying down himself for somebody else. In that case, he fed 5,000 men alone. As a result of that. That what love produces when we lay down is something we will never get if we keep insisting on what we want. The world is telling us right now, it's all about what you want. It's all about what you identify with. It's all about your druthers. And everybody else that says anything other than that is a hater. (laughs) Doesn't like you somehow. And they are the ones that should be condemned. And they're missing it all together that it's, it's not about us. It's about something else. It's about, actually, if you really love somebody, 
you're not going to impose your druthers on them. And this is what we're going to see. Okay, it's very critical. So the, the, the next thing, though, he, he, he feeds the 5,000, and he says, yeah, now y'all go home. <laughs> He's still kind of wanting to get alone, you know. It's still, and, and so he, he sneaks off again onto the top of the mountain, and what happens? The devil stirs up a storm. He said, Jesus, you're not going to get to do that. And he could have said, I taught those guys faith. If they can't get it now, I'm staying up here. This is what I want to do. I'm the son of God. I can do what I want to do. What did he do? He laid himself down. Said, it's not about me. And he performed his most famous miracle. Walking on the water. And it all came as a result of him laying down himself. What, the, what, what, what is always the deception is what I want, my, what my flesh wants. <laughs> and, and every time we yield to that, what we're doing is we're disobeying his command to love. And it's very important to get the correlation between this. You know, we went through a fasting time. Really, the purpose of a fasting time is to practice love. <laughs> Laying down what we want to do for what God wants to do. And every time that happens, there's a doorway opened to the miraculous. There's a, there's a doorway opened to anointing. There's a, there's a doorway opened that we get so used to shutting these doors down by just yielding to what we want to do. Now, now, this will happen in every relationship. And to get a good relationship, if, if especially, well... Help me not to go too far, <laughs> too far into the weeds. <laughs> but especially the husband, I mean, you got to learn to lay your life down. Did you know that that's what Jesus told the husbands? He said the women are supposed to submit themselves to the husband. The, the, the husband is never supposed to demand that. But then the husband, what's he? He's the one that gets to actually do the loving. The wife is just submitting. That's not. I don't, I don't know if that's really so. <laughs> but the man gets to love. He gets to lay his life down and say, "It's not about just what I want. It's not just about what I want to go out and do. It's about what my wife wants." And he and he relates that to the church. What Jesus did for us. Said so that's that's love. That's the super super bowl. It's every time, and you get to play in it yourself. All right. <laughs> so he said, "This is my command that you love the way I loved, and the way he loved." And he goes into the next thing. There's no greater love than this that you lay down what you want for somebody that you get to help somebody you get to touch in your life right okay let's go to john 10 10 <clears throat> and it's interesting this is kind of a little bit of a passage here that sometimes we want to we want to separate some of these scriptures and i believe they're really to be connected <clears throat> man I, I love this passage the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy i don't like that part but Right? But my purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. 
I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd does what? He sacrifices his life for his sheep. Now, you know, I, the buyers, they know all about this kind of stuff. I really haven't been around it a whole lot. But what I do know is that what a shepherd has with a sheep is a great part of influencing their health, of caring for them. And the only way that can happen is if he actually cares more about them than he does himself. That's why he'll come down off of the mountain. That's why, right? That's why he'll put himself on the cross because his whole purpose in a relationship is to make sure that the other person in that relationship is getting what they need. His whole purpose in life. Man, I'm seeing this for our church body. Our whole purpose as a church body is to not come and get all fat. It's to come and lay down our lives so that somebody that doesn't even know him In our life, we can say, this is who he is. Because when we have that encounter, every time we encounter somebody, we either have the attitude of, I wonder what they're thinking about me. Or, here I am, I hope they're impressed by me. Or, maybe I'm annoyed by them. (laughs) You know? Or, it can be, oh, there you are, ready to be affected by the love of God in me. Right? (laughs) And Jesus is explaining this to them. He said, I'm like a shepherd. When I show up, I'm not hoping that the sheep are impressed with me. My purpose in my relationship with my sheep is to make sure that they're cared for, that they're protected. And if something comes, what happened with David? He killed the lion. He killed the bear with, with his hands. Why? Because it wasn't what he was, it was, he wasn't afraid of his dad. He wasn't, you know, he's doing this for his dad. It, it wasn't about pay. It wasn't about him at all. He actually cared about that person. So what, he, what did he do, do? He didn't die in that case, but he laid his life down. He didn't go hide tail and said, run away, run away. There's a bear. Sheep, come with me. This is all run away. <laughs> no. He said, I'm going to make sure that they're safe. I'm going to lay down my life. Why? Because things change where love is winning. They change from a self perspective to an other's perspective to the point. Oh, man, you're going to see this. This is so, it's so critical for everything else in our life. It's, it's, It's not just about a relationship. It actually goes to our own identity and our own self confidence. And and our own ability to overcome. Oh, I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but I want to real bad. (laughs) Say, don't get ahead of yourself. Just stay where you're supposed to be. Okay. So let me keep going in this passage. It's really good. So what happens? A hired hand. What's a hired hand? The person that shows up because they're getting paid. It's about them. When they show up, it's all about them, right? Did you know there are hired hands in the the kingdom of God? (laughs) Actually, we can be that if all we're coming to God for is to get something ourselves. It's like, I'm here, God, because you're going to pay me. And you better because your word says you do. You can have that kind of attitude. You know what I mean? 
rather than ministering to the Lord, said, oh, there you are, God. I get to, I get to bless your name. I get to magnify you. Oh, yeah, you said you'd heal me. Well, thanks, but I'm really impressed with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but, but this, again, is, is in a relationship. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. And he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for himself. He's only working for the money. Doesn't really care about the sheep. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. What does it take to know somebody? Thinking about them a little bit more than me? Actually getting some interest in them? Finding out where they're coming from? You know what? A lot of times in our, in our company, and this is why we have fellowship time, is it, it, and I encourage us to, to open up and share where you come from. Because people need to know who we are, not just what we look like. And we, we develop impressions of people just by moments in their presence. Hi, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great. And, and what isn't said is that I'm going through all this kind of stuff, you know? And Jesus says, I'm a good shepherd. I, I care about my sheep. I know them. I, I, I know what's going on inside of their heart. But I, I don't just know that and, and re, re, retreat from that. I'm here to make a difference in that. Okay. So, I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this fold. I must bring them also. What's he talking about? He's talking about us, isn't he? Gentiles, unless we got some Jews in here, right? Okay. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flocked with one shepherd. Isn't that good? So, He's, he's telling us, be like me. He's, he says, the, uh, the thief comes in to steal and to kill and to destroy. And I, made the, I, I was seeing this in, in relation to this. He says, how is he going to destroy? He's going to destroy if relationships aren't being cared for in love. He's going to make his way in. He's going to be able to steal and kill and destroy. He says, but I've come to give life. And the life that I give is going to be based upon love, where you lay down your life for somebody else. There's going to be, here, here's what happens when this takes place. It, it's, it's not just, you're not just caring for them, you're caring for yourself. And there's creating an atmosphere of protection that is not, it's mutual. It's going both directions. What happens to that hired hand that goes running off? He's a panty waist that's going to get eaten by a wolf anyway. You know what I mean? Why? Because he has no character. This has no faith. You have to have character and faith to operate in love. And so 
when we do that, what we're doing, we're actually magnifying what we have with God when we lay down our life for somebody else. Okay. Let's go to, uh, oh, I'm just going to the next verse, but I, I want to put this little statement in here. Their life is dependent on mine and laid down. Requires more passion for theirs. So it's going to require me to be more passionate about uh, when, he's, when he's commanding us to love. This is going to be a work of the Spirit that God is working on the inside of us to triumph in this way. Right? That's why we have to fast on purpose. <clears throat> the Father loves me because I sacrificed, I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. When we feel like we're hanging on to our life, when we're getting our way, when we're hanging on to these things, saying, no, this is the way I've done it. Don't you, don't you come into my life and tell me what to do. <laughs> what we're really doing, Jesus said, until you lose your life, you don't find it in the first place, right? But with love, every time we lay down, every time we say, I'm, I'm laying down what I, what I want to make sure this is being taken care of in somebody else. And, and look what he says. I sacrifice my life. It's not, I'm going to. He said, this is my pattern in life. There is, there is no walk of life without continual sacrifice. We have to be continually. <laughs> and you're saying, oh, I came to church to be encouraged today. <laughs> so he says, every time I laid my life down, though, it, it, it's almost like he said, I discover it again. It's empowered to be what it's really meant to be, okay? No one can take my life from me. And here's part of the key that we're gonna get to in this is this is never your right to, now I know I'm telling you all this, <laughs> but I'm not making you do this. Right, yeah. You can never tell, make this be something that you're, you're forcing on somebody else. Oh, you're not doing this. As soon as you get to that, you've just lost your own walk, love. Yeah. Love walk. There we go. Had a little dyslexia in my talk there. All right. I see who's listening. So as soon as it becomes your perception to impose that on somebody else, you just, you're, you're looking at yourself more than them. Okay, you've just gotten out of the, your own uh, love walk, walk love, okay. Um, it says, no one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. This love walk, this sacrifice, this laying down is something that is completely up to you. That's why it's so precious. That's why it's so powerful. So I was thinking about this, actually this morning when I was getting ready, I was thinking, you know, <laughs> every act of love is going to come with sacrifice. There's going to be something burning every time love is, is in operation. And so it's not going to be just the, the sacrifice in the past. Sometimes we just want to look at what we have done, you know. I said, I do. I said, I loved you at the altar. Now, just leave me alone. That's not how it works, right? 
Because for, for it to become a life that's actually productive in, a, in our life, that we're actually Super Bowl people, it's going to have to be, there's going to have to be this continual aroma of burnt flesh. Boy, that sounds good, doesn't it? But it's the truth. If there's, if there's going to be a love walk, every step is going to have sacrifice associated with it. Right? That's kind of what he's saying, I, I believe. And he says, you know what happens? When, when I, every step I take, every time I lay down what I'm wanting here, God gets happy. Why does God like sacrifice? Because it's directly associated to love. Amen? Now, this happened, you know, we can, we can relate this to these big monsters that are going to be playing on today. And you know what? They've done that. Every time they had a choice to, to stay home and not practice, to not lift weights, to not push themselves, to give up, to quit, they've sacrificed. And they said, no, I'm going to do this for this reason. And God's really not asking us to do something that is not required for any success in life. He's just saying, if you're going to have my life, it's going, there's going to be sacrifice. And God loves it whenever there's a sacrifice because he knows we're being taken deeper. There's no sacrifice that will get us closer to God. There's only a sacrifice that allows us to be functional there. Amen? So we're not taking the place of grace. We're just operating in grace. Romans 5, 6 through 8. Christ's demonstration. <clears throat> so, I'm so grateful that, that Jesus doesn't just say, this is what you have to do now, but he came to do it for us, to show us how it's done. Romans 5, 6. <clears throat> when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now most people would be, not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might per perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. <clears throat> I'm so thankful that we don't have to, God doesn't force us to, uh, you know, made up with somebody that we don't like the way we can make a list of stuff we don't like. And, and God doesn't say, well, just to make you sacrifice every day, you're going to have to live with them. Now, I know sometimes you might, some people think that that's what's happened to them after they've been married for a while, but... <laughs> And there is, there is, you know, we got to say, God, help me with this from time to time. But gratefully, <laughs> he says, love isn't about your impression of somebody. Aren't you grateful for that? I'll tell you what, this is liberating for me. Especially when I've, I'm feeling kind of boneheaded about this or that. You ever feel that way? It's like... <laughs> But God's, God's showing me this in the area of relationships, what he's wanting to take us to. If we're going to be able to grow, we've been talking about being a living stone. You can't be a living stone and have even the slightest bit of poop in you. And how you're made up. You can't, you can't have any compromising metals in the purity of your, of your holiness. Yeah, right. right? For him. And... and, and in this area, love, it goes, to, it goes to a heart that says, you know what? I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve. Jesus laid his life down for me when I don't deserve a thing. 
But, but here's the challenge for us is we get so used to qualifying the opposite with others. Oh, they're stupid, so I can treat them a certain way. You know, and, and, and in fact, to validate how we want to treat somebody, we'll, we'll, we'll even discuss it a little bit. We're not, we're, we're not really, you know, all we're doing is observing. All we're doing is just noticing. No, no. That's not what a shepherd does. He doesn't pick out which sheep he wants to care for. He's going to care for all of them. In fact, in the New Testament, it talks about the weakest one with the, with the most issues is the one that you love the most. Everything's the opposite when it comes to this conflict. This is always going to be a conflict. That's why we always get to to tap in to what we've received and say, if I've received that, who am I to do anything other than that? And God, show me where I am not doing this right. Convict my heart. I'll tell you what, you get closer to the Holy Spirit, the more there's gonna be rising up in you. Uh, uh, uh. That's the one I laid my life down for. What are you doing trying to do something other than that? Who are you to condemn right. what I've laid my life down for? Good. You know? Yeah. <laughs> when we were utterly helpless, that's when he came. When we were turning our back on him, that's when he If there was anybody that deserved it, just, just go ahead and say it's me. Yeah. You know? Right. And in, in the revelation of that becomes an ability to do what Jesus we, we don't just say, oh, man, he told me to love, so I guess I'm just going to have to really start working on it. It's not that. It's what we encounter from him, that the more that gets real, you can't do anything other than that. Right? right? right. Now, most people, okay, let's go on to this next, uh, the end of this. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And you know what? I'm still not perfect. I'm so grateful that he's came and made me perfect inside. But there are still things that I do. And you could talk to my family. You can talk to my friends. And you can, they'll validate this and say that it's probably true. But, but Jesus loves me just as much now. I tell you what. What it does is it melts away any false assumption of who I am. Anything I could be proud in myself just gets melted away by the disqualifying elements. But it doesn't just do that for me. Now, it'll do it for somebody else too. Amen? When the work of the cross becomes so alive in me, <laughs> oh, it makes us all like children, doesn't it? Jesus says that unless you become like a child. Children aren't condemning people and judging people. They just love everybody, right? <clears throat> so Ephesians 4.31, and this is uh, what I was made to memorize as a child. So, uh, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh word, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted. Isn't that interesting? He, he's not... He doesn't make the, the, the direct correlation of that, you know, verse 31 there with a relationship with people. But the next one, he, 
it's obvious he's talking about how we're treating somebody, isn't he? Right? Get rid of all bitterness, anger, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And how do we do that? Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. All right. Ephesians 4.32. Now, my version that I remember was, Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And um, that was a meditation of my heart for my sisters. Okay. <laughs> Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, Following the example of Christ, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a, ple a pleasing aroma to God. There's a different way of looking at, at this be ye kind thing because I was being told that I had to be kind or I was going to get it on the behind. <laughs> and I did get it on the behind. <laughs> But there's a, a different way of approaching it, uh, this is, is when it becomes something that's coming from your relationship with God. And now you're an imitator of him because you love him. And what does it say? Uh, let's see. Imitating God, a life of, uh, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. And here's the, the wonderful thing about it. When you're doing it because you want to, now that terrible part that's grating against you is like this sweet-smelling offering because you did it because you wanted to, not because somebody made you. You know what's really amazing to me is, is the bands down here in Texas. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this high school bands. Um, marching band. You ever watch them? I know Leander down here at Bible Stadium. Um, that's kind of close to where we live. And um, they have a blacktop parking lot out there. And they put, they'll put the, the field out on it. It's black. It's hot. And they go out there for hours. Young kids that you have to threaten with a sore behind to mow the yard for 20 minutes. Well, go out there, put themselves through grueling stuff that I wouldn't even consider doing. And they wouldn't either if it wasn't cool and they wanted to. They're doing it because they want to. Nobody's making them do that. <laughs> and because of that, they get good at it. And they do a really good job. You know, It's really impressive what they do. And what we're talking about here is not something, it, it, it does do something to your flesh, but there's such a reward to it that when you really believe, this is our life in Christ. Jesus laid down his life. This was not fun for him. He did this to win us. He said, I'm asking you just to imitate me. Let it become something that, that, that's like band. 
You would never do it otherwise, but when you do it, you find out who you really are, what you can really do, and you discover your life in imitating me and what I've given you already. Amen? (laughs) He loved us and offered himself. He did it because he wanted to. He did it because he knows us, loves us, cares about us. And if we're ever feeling rejected and alone, don't write a song about that. Write a song about how Jesus loves you. (laughs) Amen? All right. Let me just finish that because that was good. He offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So every time there's an offering of ourself, it really smells good to God. And it's worth whatever it's doing to our flesh, our druthers, what we want to do. Amen? Yeah. All right. Can you take a little bit more? First yes. John 4.16. <clears throat> when perfected. So here's what happens. Sometimes we're going to look at this passage that relates this to fear. What is fear? It's a threat against me, is it not? A loss, an attack. So what's the biggest way to get rid of fear? Yeah, but in this context, what, what you do is you burn it up. You burn up your flesh. Every time you're yielding to love, flesh is getting diminished as something that can even be threatened. You can't threaten me anymore. My flesh has died. It's gotten burned up. There's no way you can even threaten it. This will even happen to the point of death. Because I've wondered about the martyrs. How do they do that? You know, allow all this terrible stuff to be done to them. Well, they have gotten used to, like Jesus did, the, the sacrifice didn't begin when they started being tortured. They had laid their life down before that. And their flesh got to the point where it didn't get a choice at all. It had been being burned up long before. We in America are so stinking spoiled by everything that we have, all the blessings that we have, that we're not ready for our flesh to die to anything. We start popping pills at at the moment we feel the the tiniest ache. Why? Because our, our, our flesh demands everything and we're afraid of hurting in the least. Is that right? So how do you get over, and it's all based on fear. Oh, I'm going to hurt again. Oh, I'm going to get depressed. I'm going to get anxious. So I got to take something to make sure I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of some kind of thing that's going to happen to me. And so I have to deal with it. And it's all based upon the dominance of flesh. How does love fix that? Because what love does is it crucifies flesh. In relationships, but not just relationships. So when we get out of bed, what are we going to do? Who are we supposed to love first? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. That means flesh is going to die. There's going to be a sacrifice that takes place. I don't get to just get up and do what I want to in the morning. I'm going to get up and love God. And in the process, there's going to be some stinking... Flesh burning. Right? 
But every time that happens, there's an extinguishing of the power of the flesh to be ignited by fear or the things that it drives. It won't drive my life anymore. I'm not going to be afraid of losing a thing. I won't even be afraid of losing my kids. Amen? If I let my choices about my kids be driven by my fear of God. All right. Let me just read this. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. I'm sorry, we're kind of, sounds like we're going in circles a little bit, but it's good stuff, all right? And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So here's what he's saying. You know what? You can't actually live in God without there being a love sacrifice continually being made, right? So what's wonderful about this is it never stops, but it does grow. You get better at it. If you're, if you're immediately responding to what your flesh is saying all the time, that's just, you're just going to have triggers going off all over the place, right? <laughs> but every time you shut down a trigger and you allow there to be a yielding to love instead, what does God say about this right now? What does building up this relationship say about this? Will I say something that's wrong? No, I like saying stuff that's wrong. <laughs> I like eating people with my words, you know? But every time we shut that down, we say, no, 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 no. What we're actually doing is activating a growth of love. It's not just a moment of love. It's a growth of love. Right? And he says, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. Now, I don't know if we ever get to actual complete perfect. That's why we just keep... Offering sacrifices, right? <laughs> I guess, you know, it would be wonderful. We just got to the place where we just don't even hear our voice talking or our flesh talking at all. And, and we're just perfect. But there's something wonderful about love in the denial of our flesh and saying no. And that continues because every time it happens, we're, we're actually growing in, in, in a, an imitation of, of Jesus. We're growing in an imitation of God. He's saying, be like me, be like me. And did you know that God's, God, <laughs> people's denial of him affects him. He doesn't like it. It doesn't go away from his, his side. His love doesn't mean he doesn't care whether we choose him or not. So he's having to do what, exactly what he's asking us to do all the time. Wow. And what did he do? He offered himself. He laid himself down. He said, what you got to do is just lay yourself down. Yeah. And, and you think, oh, I'm just not going to let people walk all over me. Said, Why not? I did. You know? Now, it's not going to be, he's going to give you wisdom. You're not going to be stupid, but... How did he show us to do this? All right. So we will not be afraid. We will not be. Can you say, I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. 
I will not be afraid on the day of judgment. What is the day of judgment? That's, that's when you're going to be really tested with this, right? Well, it's going to be really determined how, if we've been doing this or not, right? I'll not be afraid of that. But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this earth. Such love has how much fear? No fear. Because perfect love expels all fear. Does this help you? It kind of is helping me seeing this in this context. To see how perfect love gets rid of fear. I'm thinking, well, yes, but what is perfect love? (laughs) Don't you like this? How do you get perfect love? I would love that. I would love to have perfect love. (laughs) What is it? Well, in this context, I believe this is what he's telling us today. Wouldn't you like to have perfect love? He says, well, lay down your life. Because every time you do, and don't, don't, don't judge every time you do like you're not there already, but just let it be a growing experience. <laughs> it's magical how all you got to do with kids is feed them. They don't grow. You don't see any difference today, but boy, over the years. They grow up into people. God's saying, do, do the same thing. Every time you sacrifice in love, there's a perfecting of that love that's extinguishing fear. And you'll find that those things that caused you to, to tremble, to be anxious, you know, sometimes we want to just put it all on God. With our health, yeah. a lot of things that we, we want to just say, God, heal me. God, make me not anxious while I'm eating whatever I want to eat and, and, and meditating on and yielding to my flesh instead of to love. And, and, and we want to say, God, I, I just want to go up and have you have somebody touch me and be free from that so I can go do it some more. You know? And God said, I didn't come to just... Save you so that you can stay the way you are. I came. My salvation isn't just a fix that allows you to not experience the repercussions of what you're choosing to do on purpose. I came to save you into a new walk that produces life as you walk in it. Oh, man. Aren't you grateful? Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. It's for fear of what's going to happen to me. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. He's talking to Christians here, isn't he? He's talking to people that have been forgiven. But there's an experience of his perfect love that is not just an event, it's a lifestyle. Amen? We love each other because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see how can we love God whom we cannot see. And he's given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers how many have some fellow believers 
How, how many are grateful for your fellow believers? Amen. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for this body that God's been called us, called us into. That when we, we have issues that we, we can have against each other, what are we supposed to do? What is love? You know, if, if we never noticed something, we would never have to operate in love. But every time we say, okay, flesh, you're not going to get to have your way right now. You don't get to just run away. You don't just get, you're not just a hired hand. You don't just get to run away. No. You're going to lay yourself down right now. It might not feel good, probably won't right now. But you're going to find it again like you never would have. And it's not going to be a pansy life when you pick it back up. <laughs> right? It's going to be one that's gotten stronger in love. And freer from fear. Man, that's good, isn't it? All right, praise God. So good. Can we just say a couple things together? I think we can do this. And then let's just, let's just experience. God has some things for us here this morning. Aren't you, aren't you grateful that we get to come together and just receive everything that he has for us? Amen? Oh, let's do it. Uh, let, let's stand up and just say a few things here. I just want us to, to lay claim upon this. You know, um, <clears throat> Jesus is talking about this, that, that um, if we don't have anything, we're going to lose anything that we did have. <laughs> but if we consider what we have to be valuable, it will be expanded upon. It will be made greater. I believe we, we've received some word here today that we have to look at it like it's really a treasure. And it is. And it, was this a treasure for anybody here today? Amen. When, man, we're talking about the love of God. We're talking about something that, that, that enables us to be victorious in every part of our life. Freed from things that Satan's trying to put on us. Amen? And if that's true, it's going to have to receive some attention. It's going to have to receive some care. Amen? It's going to have to fill our mouths and not just our minds. So... That's why I want us to, to, to say this, and I encourage you, this stuff's in our app. It's on the website. You can go back and get some of this stuff. Dig it out yourself. Man, uh, uh, allow the, the, the truth to really make a difference in our life, and then you get to practice it in a couple days for sure. All right. Let's just say this together. The very one who could have crushed me under his superior strength and perfection has laid down his life to ensure that I take home the prize. Oh, let's say it one more time. The very one who could have crushed me under his superior strength and perfection has laid down his life to ensure that I take home the prize. Can I just, let me just say this real quick. Uh, there's this book I've been listening to somewhat because I think it's, it's good to get some input from different things. There's, this guy's actually a, a professor of happiness. And, and part of his, his, and I think he's a Christian, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll, um, they'll make it to where it's more widely accepted, you know. Um, but he's taking stuff that are biblical principles. And he's saying, he's talking about meditation. He said, you have to intentionally Shut down your mind from everything that's going around, on around you and think on things that are, are foundational for you. 
If you don't do that, you're, you're missing out on, on the release of your soul. Your soul gets so caught up in so many different things. And we're told about that, you know, in the Word all the time, in, in Psalms and Proverbs. What you meditate on is so important. I was just thinking about that. When, when we're saying these things, don't let them... Make this part of your daily life. So what, what these people do is they'll say, okay, people are wanting help with their life. They'll say, okay, do this. Just do it. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to try real hard. Just do it. Just do these things. We've been given that from the word forever. Just do this, right? And what you're doing when you're thinking on this thing, especially when you put it in your mouth, you're hearing yourself say it. Don't let it just be something where you're just going through it religiously. This is our relationship with God. Amen? And the more we meditate on this, the more it, it becomes useful at the time when we're being challenged in this area. Amen? Let's say this again. The very one who could have crushed me under his superior strength and perfection has laid down his life to ensure that I take home the prize. Isn't that special? He's all about us rising up above our failures, rising up above our sins, rising up about, above what's wrong in us. And he wants that same heart to be in us. Amen? Let's say this. In the experience of his passion in my redeemed life, I am given a new view of competition, laying down my life to make winners out of others. There is no requiring of this of others, only laying down of mine. I'll let you go back and meditate on that. That's kind of a long string. But let's go on to this next one. Let's have a couple more. In the development and perfection of love is complete deliverance over the fear of personal loss. Oh, let's say that one more time. In the development and perfection of love is complete deliverance over the fear of personal loss. One more. I walk in love, also passionately pursuing the victory in others from my life laid down. Hallelujah. 